High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Uh, go ahead and turn on your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. While we're doing that, uh, how many know that God is still speaking today? Can you look at somebody and say, God's still speaking today? How many know that the Lord is not a mute? He still has the ability to speak. And we thank God for the Bible that we have. How many of you appreciate the Bible that we have? We know that that's God's Word, that it is, is everything that we believe, everything that we preach, everything that we teach and declare should be based in the Word of God, in the written Word of God. But how many know the Holy Spirit is still speaking and He has specific things that He will say to you, specific things that He will declare to you? specific times and seasons when he will emphasize a truth. Uh, he will bring forth understanding of where you're at right now and what you need to do. There's direction that the Holy Spirit brings us. Actually, Jesus himself said that when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he, it all, he, he also went on to say that he will show you things to come. So aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit, part of his ministry, is to show you what's ahead? Do you believe that today? that he'll show you what's ahead. And understand, the Holy Spirit is not a crystal ball. But understand this, the Holy Spirit comes to reveal to you what's coming down the road. And listen, I believe that our greatest days are yet ahead. Would you look at somebody and say, your greatest days are yet ahead? See, the Holy Spirit is revealing to us there is a hope that God is putting out there in front of us that there are things that are better on the horizon. Regardless of where you may be right now, regardless of what you might be experiencing, understand this, you have to declare in the face of it, my greatest days are yet ahead. God has something better for me. God, God's bringing me into the fulfillment of purpose and destiny. Now, within all of that, there's always a process that we may go through. But understand, on the other side of the process, you're going to see the promise. I'll say that again. On the other side of the process, you're going to see the promise. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Uh, Miss Linda, this morning as you were, we were worshiping, I heard the Lord saying, I am writing what has been wrong. And the Lord says, I'm even correcting some things that needed to be corrected. And the Lord says, I'm bringing things even into a divine alignment, says the Spirit of the Lord. And I see God doing some work even within your family. And the Lord says, there's been some things that have weighed on you. But the Lord says, even this day, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. And the Lord says, I'm going to bring you into the greatest inheritance that you've ever seen. And the Lord says, says, you're going to see my hand move. And the Lord says, the things that you put on the altar, the things that you put there on the altar, the Lord says, no, that I will be faithful to complete it. I will be faithful to perfect it. I will be faithful to bring it to pass. And the Lord says, declare that the promise shall surely come forth. And the Lord says, I have not forgotten. And the Lord says, surely what I said in the beginning, you will see me perform within the end. So the Lord says, don't doubt, but be encouraged this day, O woman of God. For the Lord says, my anointing and my grace is upon you. And the Lord says, you're going to see things begin to break through. And the Lord says, where there's been like a stone wall in the past, the Lord says, I am causing you to come through, says the Spirit of the Lord. And God says, I'm breaking through in your family. I'm breaking through in situations. And the Lord says, where even where there's been like a brokenness, the Lord says, I am the repairer of the breach. And God says, I'm gluing things back. I'm putting things back together, says the Spirit of the Lord. And the Lord says, the end of the thing will be better than the beginning, says the Spirit of the Lord. So the Lord says, take hope today and know that I am moving even within your life and even within your family, says the Spirit of the Lord. And there is nothing that is too difficult for me. And the Lord says, although it seemed like there was a couple of steps backwards, uh, the Lord says, don't you know, uh, it didn't take me by surprise, and I'm going to bring it on in. I'm going to bring the fruition. I'll bring it to full completion, says the Spirit of the Lord. Can Everybody give the Lord a praise today. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. Are you in Hebrews 13? 13 verse 15, it says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. 
Now, the writer of Hebrews here makes a command, and he declares to us that we're to bring the sacrifice of praise. And he even says what the sacrifice of praise is. And by the way, I do want to also emphasize the word continually. Everybody say continually. How many of you know what the word continually means? That means do it all the time. Do it on a regular basis. That means do it whenever you wake up in the morning. Do it at lunchtime, amen? Do it at dinner time. Do it when you're sitting there in your chair, you know, watching television. We are to continually offer up the sacrifice of praise, and then he tells us what that is. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. Do you realize that you have the ability to create a better atmosphere all around you whenever you just begin to offer up the sacrifice of praise? Whenever you live with a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving. And as we see here, as I said, the, the writer of Hebrews, which most theologians believe it was Paul, although it's not stated actually in the writing itself, but he says that the, the, the sacrifice of praise is the fruit of our lips giving thanks. In other words, it's something coming out of your mouth. It's not a feeling of gratitude. It is something that you are to begin to declare and that you are begin to say. You are to begin to articulate. Now, I think all of us have probably sang, as a matter of fact, we sang a song this morning about the sacrifice of praise. Did we not? Didn't, isn't that actually one of the lines? You know, and I, and I found that a lot of people don't really understand and really know what the sacrifice of praise is. And understand the sacrifice of praise isn't merely lifting your hands. The sacrifice of praise isn't merely dancing or celebrating. The sacrifice of praise isn't merely you, you know, beginning to sing a song. That's wonderful and that's good. And, you know, we have said before, you know, uh, when you don't feel like praising, then you bring the sacrifice of praise. You know what I'm talking about? I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And understand that by itself is not the sacrifice of praise. That's just called Christian discipline. Right? You know, we should just do that anyway. You know, we don't live by our feelings. We walk by faith. And so whenever we come in on Sunday morning, whether or not we feel like worshiping, whether we feel like praising, and let me, I'm going to just be 100% transparent here with you, and I can tell you of a surety that I don't feel like dancing every time you might see me down here dancing. I don't feel like necessarily lifting my hands every time I'm lifting my hands. I do it because it's a discipline in my life, and that's what the Bible commands me to do. It says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Would everybody just lift your hands right there? See, that's a command. That's not a choice, right? Well, it is a choice in the sense you've got to choose to do it, but the reality is that's just something that God commands. We don't wait for a feeling. Now, I grew up in Pentecost. I tell the message is already shifting right now. But I grew up in Pentecost, and thank God for my Pentecostal upbringing. Anybody else grow up in Pentecost? You grew up in a Pentecostal church? How many of you grew up in a Pentecostal church? Kind of wave your hand at me. Now, in Pentecost, we had to wait. I'm just saying, even though Pentecostal churches by far were much more lively than any other church, okay? But the reality is we still waited on a feeling many times, you know? We start singing, and we had to wait on the... I'm feeling and feel the doodads, and then our hands would go up, right? So everything we did was kind of responsive to what we would feel at the moment. You'd feel a doodad, and something would come over you. The lightning bolt would hit you from heaven, whoo, and then your feet would go all over the place. You were an uncontrollable tornado knocking down people and chairs and anything else that got in your way. Am I telling the truth? If you saw somebody, we called it in our Pentecostal church, they were shouting, okay? And shouting is when it is basically this uncontrollable dance. And by the way, if you were not, if you were not out of control, then you were in the flesh, right? If you just started dancing like this and that was in the flesh, you had to, you know, have the, the chicken jerk and everything else and the twirling about for it to be in the spirit, and how many know we got greater revelation and understanding now? And Paul, I mean, the psalmist said, I will praise him with dancing. Let them praise his name with dancing, right? So I don't have to wait for an unction. I don't have to wait for a feeling. I can just deliberately begin to dance, begin to celebrate, and begin to worship the Lord. That, by the way, that's for everybody in this entire church body. You don't have to wait till you see somebody else to get your praise on. Right? You don't have to wait till you see somebody else lift your Listen, don't wait on the worship team for you to begin to praise. Why don't you try to show them up and we'll bring you up here and put you on the platform. <laughs> Y'all know I love the worship team. I love it. Isn't the worship team absolutely wonderful? But listen, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you see the castle hop. You know what I'm talking about? I can't even do it, but... 
Castle has this unique little hop, you know, that he does all the time. I can talk about him. He's over there teaching the kids right now. But nonetheless, y'all can talk to him and tell him about it later on at the end of the service. But he has this hop that he does. You know, everybody has their own little dance. You ever notice that? Everybody always has their own little dance. And, uh, and, and, and understand this. There's a dance that God has with your name on it. And you don't have to wait till you see somebody else beginning to celebrate, to go ahead and begin to celebrate. You don't have to wait till you see somebody else offering the sacrifice of praise. You can right where you're at, begin to lift your hands, begin to dance and celebrate because hear this, you've got a lot to praise him for. You've got a lot to be thankful for. You're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're breathing. There's breath in your body today. You got a roof over your head. You got a car to drive. You got money to put gas in your car regardless of what inflation might be doing listen you got food on your table and I bet you on Thursday you'll have more and you'll eat more than what you ought to eat right I mean the reality is Thursday is Thanksgiving day and every one of us we may not we're actually going to be traveling that day but most everybody is going to have so much on their table that they're not even going to know what to do with it. How many of you would just go ahead and admit to it? Come on, come on and admit to it. Just go ahead and be truthful about it. Listen, you're not going to put a little scrawny chicken breast there on your plate, right? No, you're going to have turkey and you're going to have ham. I know it's close to lunch, but you'll be okay. You know, you're going to have turkey and you're going to have ham and you're going to have sweet potato fluff, right? Is anybody feeling the anointing right now about now, you know? I love that sweet potato casserole, you know, that's got the coconut and got the pecans and, and the brown sugar, and I don't even know what all else they put in there, but the only thing I know is I like it. Right? I mean, you got, you'll have green bean casserole, and you'll have, you know, everything else under the sun will be on your table. You'll have a cheese tray. You you know, you know what? The reality is we have cheese trays there and most of it goes to waste because it just looks pretty. Nobody wants cheese. They want turkey and sweet potato. That's what they want. The reality is we'll have more than what we know what to do with. And you know why that is? It's because God has blessed you. I said God has blessed you. You can wallow around in some self-pity, but you know what? For everything that you are having your pity party about, I can give you 10 things why you ought to be shouting and running around the church right now. Amen? Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. You know what? I understand, and everybody goes through all kinds of things. We're always going through things. But the reality is we still have more to be thankful for than we have to fuss about and we have to murmur about. Amen? Listen, nothing is ever going to be perfect, at least on this side of glory. You know what I'm talking about? Or this side of the new heaven and the new earth or whatever you happen to particularly believe eschatologically about what's going to happen in the last days. Only thing that I do know is I'm going to end up being wherever Jesus is at. Okay, how it all happens, I don't know how it's going to happen. You know what, I've lived long enough, I'm 60-year-old now, and before I was 10, I was hearing people say that Jesus was about to come any moment, any time. Does anybody remember that? In the 60s, Jesus is coming. I said, you know, 70s, Jesus is coming. He's about to split the eastern skies. 80s, Jesus is coming. He's about to, watch out, here he comes. You know what, 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come in 1988. 89 reasons why people that believed what that guy wrote needed their head examined. In the 90s, Jesus is coming back. 2000, Y2K, there's going to be a crash. Jesus is, y'all remember, right? 2010, oh, it's coming. Oh, we're going to have, I see, and people are alarmists all the time. But listen, at the end of the day, we know that we're going to be with Jesus. So I'm not going to get caught up in that. There's always things going on in the earth. By the way, they've been going on uh, for hundreds uh, and hundreds uh, and hundreds of years. And things cycle around. The reality is this. God has given you and blessed you so much. You have so much to be thankful for in the midst of the calamity, in the midst of the distress, in the midst of the things that are going on, in the midst 
midst of the many voices that are out there today, hear this. Jesus is still on the throne, and you're a part of his family. you got a reason to be thankful. you got a reason to be grateful today. Amen? Look at somebody say, you got a reason to be thankful. Back to the main road. He says that we're to offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, doing what? Everybody say giving thanks. Look at your neighbor say giving thanks. Now understand, once again, this is a command. This is a directive that we have been giving. Now, most people don't understand really what that word there. There's one Greek word that is used for giving thanks. And it is a compound word, and the word is homologio. Homologio. You might want to write that down. Homologio. And it is a compound word from two Greek words, one homo, which means one, and logio, which means word. To biblically give thanks. Please get this. To, to, to properly, biblically give thanks. It involves you saying what God is saying. Let me say it another way. You cannot give thanks and be grumbling about what you don't have. You can't do it simultaneously at the same time. Giving of thanks means this, and I come into agreement with what God says. Giving thanks means I come into agreement with what God has declared over my life. Do you realize if you will come into agreement with what God has declared over your life, you will find that murmuring and complaining, it just begins to flee away. If you'll spend your time talking about and articulating what God has spoken and what God has declared over you, my friend, at the end of the day, you're going to see some things begin to transpire because hear this, whatever you talk about, you empower within your life. You don't understand my family situation. You know what? I don't understand your family situation. And I don't know what all you're going through, but I can tell you this much. If you begin to give thanks, God will turn your family situation around. Did you hear the word of the Lord that was prophesied this morning, even over this season, how that God is going to bring families together? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that within my mouth. I'm going to begin, rather than fussing about what my kids aren't doing, I'm going to begin to say, Lord, I thank you that you are supernaturally bringing things together. You said that you are repairing the breach. You said that you are restoring relationships. I say yes and amen. That's what's going to come out of my mouth. I give you thanks today. Amen. See, that's giving of thanks. That's the sacrifice of praise. Why is that a sacrifice? It's because everything within you will scream out not to say that. Everything within you will scream out to talk about something different. Everything within you will scream out and say, you need to talk about the mountain rather than speak to it. Can I encourage you today? Begin to speak to your mountain by giving thanks come into agreement with what God has spoken over your family and over your life amen this word homologio it means to assent to agree everybody shout agree look at somebody and say we gotta agree <laughs> am I not talking about gotta agree we gotta agree with God amen and it means to make covenant and to acknowledge you see in covenant there is an agreement when two people come into a covenantal uh, 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 relationship, there is an agreement that is made. Thanksgiving is the acknowledgement of that agreement. Thanksgiving is the acknowledgement of that covenant. Amen? So giving thanks is literally saying what God says. To biblically give thanks, as it says here in Hebrews chapter 13, then we have to begin to articulate and say and come into agreement with what God has declared over our lives, what God, may I even say, what God has spoken over our area and our region. You know what? I say that this area and region will be blessed. Come on, come on. I say our state is blessed. Glory to God. I say that our nation is blessed. Hallelujah. Blessed is the nations whose God is the Lord. Hallelujah. I say God is blessing us. I say that our greatest days are yet ahead. Don't you know what we went through? Yes, I know what we went through. And I can boldly say our greatest days are yet ahead. I can boldly say that the salam of heaven God has released and is still continuing to release within the lives of his people. Can everybody say amen? Amen today. 
See, we had to come into agreement on the heels of a, a you know, of a, a, of a catastrophe that took place here in our area, in our region. You know, thank God there was, I don't know, I can't say well, as far as what happened in every other church, and I'm sure it might have been happening there. I'm sure there were churches that were praying, but I can tell you there was one church in Bay County that was in the midst of the storm, that was in the midst of the total devastation. We were saying this, God has declared that he will restore. What are we doing? We are giving thanks. Lord, I thank you that you are restoring everything. I thank you that there's a shalom that's coming forth. Lord God, that it'll be better than it was before. Amen. Y'all remember two weeks ago when I ministered and we had, had uh, Travis, he played that clip. I didn't realize it was that long. I, and I thought we were going to start a little farther into it. But, you know, this was something that began, came forth prophetically just three weeks on the other side of the storm. And we began to, how many of you were here and remember, we were dancing and we didn't have time to run the whole video. But we were, it was a Jericho march all the way around. We were up on the platform. We had the youth up here dancing and shouting. We were declaring more than you had before, more than you had before. The edicts of some leaders, they were saying, it'll never be like it was before. Things are not going to be able to build back. You know, we're going to lose the Air Force base. But you know what God was saying? More than you had before. More than you had before. More than you had before. See, you got to look in the face of your enemy and look in the face of the lie of hell and say, you, Lord, you know, look at Goliath and say, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of the armies of Israel. And God God has said more than we had before. I'm taking my sling. I'm taking my stone. And I'm going to hit the enemy. And he's going to go down in Jesus' name. Amen? It, see, it's not easy. Everything in your flesh will scream out, do something different. You need to sing the hee-haw song. Right? My family has encouraged me not to ever sing that again. So I won't do it this morning. Gloom. <laughs> Does anybody remember the hee-haw song? You remember that? You know? You got to be my age to remember it because, you know, it only ran in the 70s, I think. And they realized what a bad program it was and they kicked that thing off there. But anyway. But I, but I can remember that, you know, it's, it's amazing how that song, there's a couple of things that stuck out. Of course, it seemed like, you know, here in Bay County at that time, I think we had two television stations, you know. So he's either watch wrestling or hee-haw, you know, so. <laughs> right? That just is the truth. I think it came on Saturday afternoon as either wrestling or hee-haw, right? Okay, hee-haw is better probably, you know. Now, my kids would probably argue with me on that one, but the reality is we'd watch hee-haw and you know, and the only thing I can remember of that is Grandpa, what's for supper? And I've used that line on my dad a lot. And uh, then the gloom, despair, and agony on me. I rebuke you. Huh? It's my other family, yeah. I got one side saying one thing, one side saying another. <clears throat> but the reality, see, everything within you will scream out to sing those songs, okay? No, I, I want to, you know, we want to we scream out, you know, how somebody took their, you know, took their key to my leather seats and down my four-wheel drive these are country songs, lyrics from country songs. Took a baseball bat to my headlights, right? Anybody heard those songs, you know? You know, and we got the sad songs, and so what happens whenever we're going through it? We want to we want to dig up those sad songs. I remember whenever I was real young. I pull back on these stories. You can learn from these things. But uh, I was heavily involved in uh, music, and I played the trumpet. I was a trumpet major in college. This is before I got to college. I think I was in, like, junior high or just started high school. And, and uh, I had gotten a Stan Kenton tape. I don't know if anybody even knows who Stan Kenton is. He's a famous jazz, jazz player and jazz musician, and he had a big band. And 
Of course, I liked listening to that, listening to the trumpets and things like that. And just Listen, that's the reason we got horns. We have to have horns, okay? That's a, you can't have worship without horns, okay? Heaven has horns, okay? David's tabernacle had horns. You've got to have some wind instruments. Younger generation is going to catch on to this in a little bit, praise the Lord. But anyway, so there was, there was this Stan Kenton album that I had acquired, and one of the songs on that album was called this, because it was the only song on the entire album where there was any singing, and the title of it is, Please Walk Softly When You Go. And it's about a breakup and how that somebody leaving their boyfriend or the girlfriend or whatever, the person they're in a relationship with and them leaving. And I remember, I think I was in ninth grade, somebody broke up with me. That's right, believe it or not. Can you believe somebody broke up with this? But anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my wife said, yes, because you were mine. You know, ninth grade, had a girlfriend. You know, you got to understand, by the way, if you're in ninth grade now, don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend. You don't need one, okay? We were stupid, okay? I'm just going to tell you like it was. We were dumb. Young, dumb, stupid, did crazy things, okay? And things that, but anyway, nonetheless, I had this girlfriend, and she broke up with me. And so you know what I did? I went in my room, got my headphones, and you know what I turned on? Please walk softly when you go. I was heartbroken. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just trying to tell you all of my ills that I went through whenever I was young. But this, I said that because what happens is whenever we're going through a situation, what we want to do is we want to have something that is going to speak of what we're going through at that moment, that is going to placate the emotion that we have and even cause it to arise to a greater level intensify it. I need something so I can cry right now. I need a sad song right now. But understand this, as a believer, it should be the exact opposite of that. Whenever you're going through something, that's whenever you say, I will bring the sacrifice of praise. Yet will I lift my hands. Yet will I praise him. I'm not going to talk about the bad things that are going on right now. I'm going to start talking about the goodness of God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Whenever Jehoshaphat, they were surrounded by the enemy, he didn't talk about everything going on. What he did, he said, let's get the singers. Let's get the worshipers. Put them out front. We're going to go out. I know we're we're surrounded by armies right now. I know there's famine in the land. I know that we are in captivity right now, but what we're going to do, we're going to go out singing for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. My friend, whenever you do that, you'll have the same results that Jehoshaphat had. And what the Bible says is that the Lord sent ambushments against the, those three armies and they rose up and destroyed one another and Jehoshaphat and them, they just went in and they took the spoils. Hallelujah. You see everything within you want to, you know, you want to, again, sing gloom, despair, and agony on me. You have to make a decision. No, I'm going to come into agreement with what God said. God said I'm the head and not the tail. God says, if God be for me, who can be against me? Who will I fear with God on my side? That's what God's covenant with me says. Are you getting anything out of this? The story of Jonah paints a picture of someone who was not in agreement with God. In the account of Jonah, how many of you have read your Bible, read Jonah, or maybe you, maybe you heard the story when you were in kids' church? But Jonah was commissioned to go to Nineveh. God spoke to him. He said, I, Jonah, go to Nineveh. You're going to be my mouthpiece there. You're going to be my prophet there, and you need to declare this. It wasn't a popular word. It wasn't a feel-good word. And Jonah didn't like the word, nor did he like the city that he was assigned to. God said, you're supposed to be in Nineveh. What does Jonah do? He goes and jumps on a ship going to where? Tarshish. Now, you have to understand there's a whole process that begins to take place here. And so I'm going to go through it very quickly. The first thing, and this is the problem that Jonah had, and that is Jonah was repulsed. Everybody say repulsed. 
He was repulsed at his assignment and he disagreed with God. Remember that giving thanks means that you come into agreement, you come into covenant with what God has said. His attitude was one like this. Of all the places that God would send me, why would God send me to Nineveh? They make me sick. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can begin to get upset about the assignment that God has given us. Maybe you're in a place of employment right now, and you're surrounded by some not-so-savory characters. How many of you know you still got to give God thanks right in the midst of it, and you got to be content with wherever you're at at the moment? Understand this. You are God's salvation to them if you allow him to flow through you. Amen? See, anytime we are unthankful, we place ourselves in a position of disagreement with the Lord. Again, how often have we been ungrateful and repulsed by our own assignment? I don't want to have anything to do with them. Listen, the reason they're in your life is because God wants you to minister to them. The reason they're there is because God wants you to reach out and touch them. Rather than being repulsed by those around you, why don't you reach out as the hand of the Lord? Why don't you reach out as the love of God and begin to see them come into the kingdom? Rather than see them as a dirty sinner, why don't you begin to see them as a future church member? Hey, let's not just talk about prophetic and prophesy. Let's get some prophetic eyes to begin to see people the way that God sees them. And rather than see them as dirty and no good and worthless, the same way that Jonah was looking at everybody in, uh, in Nineveh, understand this, we got to get prophetic eyes to see that's a person that Jesus died for. That's a person he wants in their family. It's a person that the Lord uh, has come to redeem, and he wants to bring them back into his kingdom. Amen? Can look at somebody say, that's how we need to look at people. The Israelites murmured and complained even after being delivered from Egyptian bondage. Why? Listen, why did they murmur? It's because they were in the wilderness and they had a few obstacles. They had some adversity. And now on their way, you know, they were expecting God's just going to translate us where we need to be very quickly. However, they were repulsed by the process. Listen, do not get repulsed by the process that you're going through. Anytime we murmur and complain, we are in essence opposing the Lord. Complaining causes you to take a position that opposes God's promise and opposes his process. And all the complainers there in Israel, that entire generation died in the wilderness. God had to say, you know, everything you've said about yourselves and everything that you have declared, although it was in total disagreement with what I declared over you, now what you have said is going to come to pass and you're all going to die here in this wilderness. It took him 40 years to get rid of that generation so he could raise up another one to go into the land of promise. Well, Jonah was repulsed by his assignment. I don't like where I'm at. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. One of the first, as a matter of fact, the very first prophetic word that I ever received from Bishop Hammond was in 1987. And he said, what I see is I see that God has you pegged in one place and you keep rubber band bouncing trying to go to other places and God has you pegged in one place. And, of course, he didn't know our whole story. There's several times that we had tried to leave Bay County, tried to leave Panama City. It's twice before then, actually, and the Lord just kept bringing us back. How many know many times God closes doors because the one that you won't open is not the one that he wants you to go through? God will close the door to keep you from self-destructing. He loves you so much, and he sees the destiny that he has for you, and he says, you can't go through that door. I know it's the one that's comfortable for your flesh. I know it's the one of ease. See, you have to understand, Jonah got on a ship to go to Tarshish rather than Nineveh. Why? Nineveh was wicked. Nineveh was evil. Nineveh was not affluent like Tarshish was. Tarshish was one of the major hubs of affluence and prosperity at that time. And so what does he do? He says, oh, I'm going to go to the place where it's easy. I'm going to go to the place where it's comfortable for me. This is what I like. And I'm going to tell you most of the time, what God wants for you is not necessarily what your flesh will approve of. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. Many times what God has for you, your flesh will go, ugh, I don't like this. I remember whenever we first went to Christian International many, many years ago. And you've got to understand, Walton County in 1987 is not what it is today. How many of you were living here back then? You know, it, as a matter of fact, Walton County was called Poor Man's Island. That was the nickname for Walton County in the 80s. Poor Man's Island. Listen, just to rent something there, you can't be a poor man any longer. 
anything in Walton County. And I will tell you that everything there, it was, it was like depressed. And at that time, coming on staff at Christian International, all of the staff lived in mobile homes right there that was provided for them by the, the uh, well, they had to buy the mobile home, but they, they had a, like a, what we'd call a trailer park there. And that's where people bought their mobile homes and sat there. And Stacey and I, we were, well, okay, well, that's what everybody does. And so we were going to do it. And then the Lord closed that door and said, don't, don't do that. I had something else for us. And I won't go through all that story. But the point is, I felt like that I had went to the backside of the desert. There's nobody there. We had to drive at that time almost 20 minutes to the, get to the nearest grocery store. 20 minutes to get to the nearest grocery store where we were at because there weren't any out there. Now you go out there and there's about five Publix all around, right? And so it was very uncomfortable for us. The church at that time had no nursery, no preschool ministry whatsoever. Pastor Joshua was two years old. Although he was a good two-year-older, the reality is still a two-year-older in a three-hour service can be difficult to handle at times. And that's how long the services were. It'd be at least three hours. And you know what, Pastor Joshua? At that, that time, he wasn't Pastor Joshua, okay? He was baby Joshua, but anyway. And for, he'd be there for three hours and, uh, you know, sitting on the front row with us. And, uh, and so there were some things. I'm getting somewhere with this. It was uncomfortable. But can I tell you, God was setting us up for destiny to be fulfilled, for purpose to be fulfilled. So understand this, you can never base the will of God and the plan of God for your life based upon how comfortable it is. Because I will tell you this, if it's real comfortable, it probably isn't the Lord. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. You know, and the reality is you can't just be anywhere and be in the will of God. Jonah said, well, I'll just go, Lord, maybe God will use me in Tarshish. There's people that need the Lord there. There's people that need a prophetic word there. God can just use me there just as good as he can in Nineveh. And you know the whole story. He was repulsed by the assignment. Then Jonah rejected. Everybody say rejected. And then he refused his assignment. How did he refuse his assignment? He said no to God. And by the way, saying no to God is never a good thing. Destiny and purpose is always fulfilled on the other side of your yes. I could give you numerous testimonies in my own life how the, the destiny that God had for me, the purpose that God had for me was fulfilled on the other side of me saying yes to something that was uncomfortable for me to do. And I will tell you, purpose is usually fulfilled in the place that is, it is uncomfortable. And you have to be willing to say yes. Doing something that you may not even be comfortable doing. The reason I'm, I led worship for many, many years is because I was asked to lead worship and I said yes. I wasn't a worship leader, but I was asked to lead worship and I just said yes. Can, ever, can you look at somebody and just say yes? Come on, just say yes to somebody. You see, many times people think, well, I'm just doing something to be doing it. No, you're not just doing something to be doing it. If you were asked to do it by somebody in authority and a you know, spiritual uh, headship within your life and you can do it, then I would encourage you to do it because destiny will be fulfilled on the other side of it. The third thing that Jonah did is he ran. Everybody say he ran. He ran from his assignment. Again, as we already said, he got on a ship to go to Tarshish. Tarshish is a place of great wealth, great influence. It's a place of ease. It's a place of comfort. See, Jonah sought after the comfort of the flesh rather than the fulfillment of God's plan. And I will tell you, anytime you seek after that, ultimately, you're going to end up where Jonah ended up. You know the whole story? He's thrown overboard, then he's swallowed by a fish, and he actually ends up dying and go to the grave. Now, you may not physically die, but I tell you what, there's a lot of ministries that end up dying in people. There's a lot of purpose that ends up dying within people. Why? because they begin to make their own decisions based upon their own desires, based upon their own, and they will not come into agreement. I know this, this has taken a little bit different turn. Y'all hang with me. And, and what we have to understand is that in Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving isn't just articulating agreement. It's actually living a lifestyle of agreement with God's plan. In other words, I'm living a lifestyle that I'm in agreement with what God has for me. I'm going to do what God has told me to do. I'm not going to deviate from the path that God, even though it might be easier over here, God said, you stay with this right here. There was one ministry that I was a part of many, many years ago, and I was there for almost five years. And I can tell you that I wanted to leave so many times. I can, and uh, 
I won't go into the whole story, but there were times I just, I, I've got to get out of here. The, you know, there's some things that are happening. I just cannot, this is really bothering me, really bothering me. And the Lord just said, you got to keep, you got to stay right there. Listen, David did not like being in the palace of Saul with javelins being thrown at him. But you got to understand that it was a place that he had to be in order to get to the throne. And so sometimes there's uncomfortable situations that we might go through. See, y'all were shouting a long time ago here, you know, about 30 minutes ago. Everybody's shouting, jumping up and down and throwing things all over the building and hanging babies from places. But now everybody gets quiet when we talk about uncomfortability. See, what are you going to do in the moment of uncomfortability? What are you going to do when it's not easy anymore? Are you still going to lift your hands and give him praise? Are you still going to say, Lord, I will still obey. I don't care how hard it is, how difficult it is. I'm still going to obey you and do your will and your purpose. Amen. How many of you are going to, regardless of what's going on with your spouse, I, have, I said, I do, and whenever I said, I do, we're done, and we're going to make it work, and we're going to make it happen. Right? You, just, you have to be committed to do what God called you to do. Amen? Jonah 2, 9, I'm closing with this. He said this. Of course, by the way, everybody needs to understand because when I was in kids' church, when I was young, I remember having this Bible. My mom and dad bought me this Bible. I think I've shared this before. They bought me this Bible, kids' Bible. And this Bible had pictures all in it. Anybody ever have a, pic a, a picture Bible when you were little? And in this picture Bible, there was a picture of Jonah. On one page, there was a big fish. You could see the, the fish, you know, opening up his mouth, and Jonah's about to go down the, you know, glug, 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 you know. And then you, you flipped it over, and Jonah, I'm not kidding you. You look at the picture, and you can see, like, the ribs of the fish on the inside. And Jonah's got a fire going. And he's on his knees praying like this. How many of you know that Jonah wasn't roasting weenies in the belly of the fish? This was not some kind of cruise that he was on. He was not going to the midnight buffet. Jonah died. That's the reason Jesus said, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and nights, so will the Son of Man be at the heart of the earth. How many know Jesus died, right? He was dead. There is no oxygen source. You know, he was dead. And whenever you read Jonah chapter 2, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it would be good for you to go back and read it. And you see what everything paints a picture is it's total catastrophe. It is bad. It is awful. He is in the grave. Some would even say that he was in hell. And I'm not trying to make any type of theological argument as to whether or not you could do this. But the only thing we know is that it's written in the Bible as far as what Jonah did. Because it's in the belly of the fish. It's when he is dead, he began to cry out to God. And this is what it says in verse 9. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have. What is the voice of thanksgiving? That's the voice that's coming into agreement with what God said. See, it wasn't just Jonah saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. You're going to get me out of here. No, it was, Lord, you said go to Nineveh, and I have surrendered to your will, and I'm going to go to Nineveh. And now, Lord, I thank you. You're going to get me out of here so I can go to Nineveh. Amen? He said, I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. What happens in verse 10? So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. See, in the middle of the belly of the well, Jonah realized his issue. It was unthankfulness, ingratitude, and disagreement with what God had told him to do. Jonah came into agreement with God's will, and he came into agreement with God's purpose. Jonah began to offer up the sacrifice of praise while he was in the belly of the fish with a voice of thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you that you just called me. I thank you that you just opened the door for me to give me an opportunity. I thank you, Lord, that I can just, listen, wash and cleaning the toilets and cleaning the floors and watching babies is better than being dead in the grave. Amen. Saying hello to somebody and greeting. Because a lot of times what happens is people begin to complain about the thing that God has placed in their hands. Listen, I don't, there is no insignificant role in the body of Christ or the church. Everything is important. You are important. Amen. And what you do is important. So Jonah begins to talk about salvation while he is still in captivity. Jonah begins to acknowledge that God's promise 
is true while he is still literally consumed by the problem. Hear this. You must begin to acknowledge the promise of God in the middle of the belly of the fish. When it seems like everything is totally around you and it's, you've uh, been taken captive, understand, you have to begin to acknowledge what God has said. When it seems like everything's dark and the lights are out, you have to begin to acknowledge the light that God has already revealed. And what happens is the fish vomits Jonah out onto dry ground. You know, this is what I like to say. Because the only time you ever throw up and the only time you ever, you know, vomit is whenever you are sick at your stomach. Hear this. If you're in a place of captivity, you need to make the devil sick at his stomach and release you. And the way that you do it is you start offering up the sacrifice of praise. You begin to offer up with the voice of thanksgiving to the Lord. Hear this. It is an enemy adjutant. It'll make the devil go, I don't want to hold on to them any longer because the devil is agitated when thanksgiving begins to come out of your heart. Whenever you begin to lift your hands, all of a sudden the devil says, I got to release my grasp because I can't handle this. Ooh, I'm getting ooh, I'm getting, ooh, getting a little sick. I'm going to have to begin to throw them up. I'm going to have to let go of them. Hallelujah because thanksgiving is coming out of their hearts. That's what will begin to take place. Rather than fussing and, and fuming about things that are going on, if you want the enemy to turn loose of a situation, then you've got to begin to start giving him thanks because hear this, deliverance will always come on the other side of thanksgiving. Breakthrough will always come on the other side of thanksgiving. Turnaround will always come on the other side of thanksgiving. If the accuser of the brethren shows up in your life, go, go ahead and make him sick with some thanksgiving, praise God. I like to say it like this, why don't we give the devil the plague? How many forgiven the devil the plague? How many of you would like to make the devil sick right where he's at? Listen, it's very easy, and we see it demonstrated here in Jonah. The only thing that you've got to do is you just got to begin to give him praise, begin to give him thanks. And I'll tell you what, the devil will become sick of you. If he keeps taking advantage of you, why don't you begin to make him sick of you by offering up thanksgiving and praise? Rather than complaining about your spouse, why don't you start thanking God for your spouse? Rather than pointing and picking out every little thing that's wrong with them, why don't you say, Lord, I thank you that you've given me a wonderful spouse. I thank you, Lord God, that they are a faithful spouse. I thank are you following what I'm saying? See, you've got to begin to change your perspective. And if you'll do that, I'm telling you what, you will see God come forth and you will see deliverance. You will see turnaround and you will see breakthrough. God will show up in your life. God will show up in your family. God will show up in every arena of your life. Would you stand to your feet? Praise God. How many of you got something out of this this morning? How many of you say this morning, you know what, I'm going to start living this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come into agreement. There's so many different truths. I'm throwing out a lot of stuff real fast. A lot, there's a lot of, lot of different truths that you can derive from this message this morning. you got to grab hold of that which pertains to you. But understand this, it, you know, it's not about getting excited about a message, but now it's about practicing it. It's not about just saying, oh, that was good and I was really blessed. Because just to be honest with you, I'm not so concerned about you being blessed. What I'm concerned about it is you being a doer of the Word. Because that's what will change things in your life. Just being blessed and going out unchanged isn't going to do anything. But if you'll take the Word and begin to use it, begin to apply it in your life, I'm telling you, my friend, you'll see turnaround. You'll see breakthrough. You'll see deliverance. You'll see God manifest His power in your life in ways that you never have. If you just begin to live a lifestyle of gratitude and thanksgiving, can I tell you, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm in Panama City. Some of you, it's obviously still growing on you. I'm gonna say it one more time. I'm thankful for this city. And I'm thankful that God put me here. I'm thankful that I'm in Florida. And I'm thankful for this state. And I'm thankful for our leaders. And I'm thankful for our government. That's the reason we're going to pray for them. And that's the reason the Bible actually says that we're not only to pray and intercede for our leaders, but we're to give thanks for them. That's what, what does it mean? It means that we're going to come in and declare what God has declared and what God has said. Amen? And I'll tell you, when you do that, you see shift. You see turnaround. You see, murmuring's not going to get you anywhere. Murmuring about your spouse is going to do nothing but cause your relationship to get worse. Giving thanks for your spouse. How many of you this morning recognize there's at least one issue 
that my spouse has? Nobody's going to raise their hand. How many of you will recognize I have at least one issue in the relationship? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you will say, I recognize that we both have some issues within our relationship, right? See, this is the thing. You can focus on that and you can live right there and literally go all day long just thinking about that one, that one little thing, that one little thing that Will has, that one little thing that Nakia has, right? That one little thing that my wife has. They're real little, okay? Maybe more than one, but they're real little, okay? She can think about the numerous issues that I might have and focus on those and look at those and just put me under a microscope. Every one of us can do it with anybody that we so desire. And we can live in a place that literally binds the hands of God from moving within our lives. And we can live with a heart of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for this woman of God that you gave me. Thank you, Lord, for my brick house. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful lady I wake up by every single day. Wake up right beside her. She's beautiful. She's talented. She's great. I'm trying to get some points here. See, you can do that with your spouse. Or you can look at everything under a microscope. And you can, listen, you can have either hell on earth or you can have heaven on earth. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want God to show up in your relationship? Then start talking the language of God. Start coming into agreement with Him. This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Lord, that's what you said. What God has put together, let no man put asunder. Let no man separate. Nothing's going to separate us. Devil, you can't separate me from my spouse. Why? Because God said, I come into agreement with the Lord today that what God has put together, let no man separate. And we're not going to let the, th the, the argument about the restaurant that we're going to separate us. We're not going to let where the furniture belongs separate us. We're not going to let what kind of cookware we need in the, in the house separate us. We're not going to let whether or not we need a back porch or not need a back porch. Uh, or if we need a roof over it, or if it's going to be $10,000 or $60,000. We're not going to let that separate us. That's what you got to do. Can't be separated. What am I doing? I'm coming into agreement with what God has said. And in doing so, I release heaven in my life. How many want to see heaven released in your life? How many want to see deliverance released in your life? Come on, lift your hands to heaven right now. Lord, we thank you right now for deliverance. We thank you for freedom right now. We declare, Lord God, our perspective is changing. Our attitude is changing. Lord God, we're taking, and there's a, that a murmuring, complaining attitude is being transformed into a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving. In the name of Jesus, I give you glory, and I give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Now go ahead and get, begin to give him some thanks right now. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.